God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And, uh, well, we dodged a bullet yesterday. Uh, We dodged a bullet in the Senate. Senate 1 was looking at House 1, House of Representatives, H.R. 1. And and they didn't get enough enough votes. Really, the uh, the big winner there really is he's a winner and a loser at the same time because he he did something good and then he did something bad you know uh one of the things was that they the filibuster uh they needed they, they would have needed 60 votes now in this if if they thought that they were going to lose so they would have engaged in a filibuster uh but they knew that how the votes were going to break down and they went with it straight vote, 50-50. So the vote count was 50-50. And Joe Manchin, Joe Manchin promised that he would not vote <clears throat> for H.R. 1 in on Senate 1's bill. He would not endorse H.R. 1 if there were no Republicans on board and if it wasn't bipartisan even but with just one republican <clears throat> and it turns out that he did now he and cinema senator cinema are both up for re-election in red states yep arizona is still a red state i think you're going to find that out after the az audit comes out right but arizona is a red state everybody knows it it's rigged to be left and blue. And we'll find that out with the AZ forensic audit. But cinema, cinema who barely beat her Republican counterpart, who was uh, um, Sally, Sally Mescali or something like that, um, the Republican fighter pilot, 
uh, back in 2016, she also said she's opposed to the filibuster. Now, the filibuster is the key because it's a procedure, the filibuster, to basically require a vote to go to um, 60. To break a filibuster, you need 60 votes. And if you decide not to use the filibuster, you can just go simple majority. In which case, right now they have 50, uh, it's 50-50. And that's how it broke down. So they got basically not enough votes. And it was held off. And today they're going to try to take away your guns, so watch out. We'll have to dodge another bullet again today. Meanwhile, the floodgates are open. The water's coming in through our, our basement on the southern border. And I, I think a bunch of Texans aren't all too happy about it. And they're going to be taking matter into their own hands. And the Republican National Guard is going to go over and help them from South Dakota all the way from Florida and other states in between are going to go to Texas to help with what appears to be an administration that is attacking America at every course. Dividing America at every course. I mean, that's why they used Black Lives Matter to first, in the wake of Michael Brown, to divide conservatives and liberals, uh, black people. Black liberals and black conservatives were divided. See, this is not about skin color. They don't care about skin color. They don't care whether you live or die. Just look at why they blocked hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin. They didn't care whether you lived or died. They didn't want you to have that drug because that drug would hurt their their pharmaceutical cronies who are giving major bucks to their campaigns. You better believe that the governor of Nevada and the liberal governor of Nevada and the liberal governor of Michigan, Whitmer, you better believe that those people that stood in the way of lives being saved so that the, by banning, not only banning the use of hydroxychloroquine, Facebook had a meeting, uh, Mark Zuckerberg had a meeting with Fauci that basically deemed what was right and what was wrong, even though Fauci has a track record of being wrong about 85% of the time. And somehow, if you wrote anything about uh, Wuhan or a bioweapon or <clears throat> hydroxychloroquine, you are going to get banned from Facebook. I know, because I did. I got banned for 30 days. Shut me down, shut me up, silence my voice. That's what Mark Zuckerberg did. You could talk about tiddlywinks all day long on Facebook, but if you talk about anything related to politics, they have Trump derangement syndrome. Do you think all this would have happened if Trump didn't come around? Trump blew it up. Say all you want about Donald Trump. We all love him. But Trump blew up Washington and made it, made it so all of these people are exposing themselves. They're all pulling their pants down, for crying out loud. And Trump blew that up. But these people that were actually standing in the way 
of the use of hydroxychloroquine. I mean, whatever happened to right to try? Whatever happened to a doctor knows best his patient about his patient? Whatever happened to people know what's best for them? Why does the uh, why does the government stand in the way of you and your ability to gain you know good health? You got COVID, you got some COVID virus, and all of a sudden you're not allowed to get the treatment that you think is going to save your life even if you're a doctor yourself even if you're a doctor and you say something counter to what Fauci said you'll be banned you'll be restricted you'll be arrested you won't be allowed to pray you'll be told to wear a mask even though we talked about a study about six masks that went off to the lab after being worn for two or three days and they were filled with all kinds of viruses and bacterias And you just have that strapped to your face, breathing it in. Frankly, I don't think masks, unless you put one, a new one on three times a day from a sealed package, I don't think uh, they're, they're the right method, methodology. I think that the science for the last 50 years that said masks don't work, should be respected. All of a sudden, uh, we have this draconian lockdown, and then they parlayed that into election fraud. And if you're Bill Gates, they parlayed that into huge profits on vaccines. They didn't want hydroxychloroquine to solve the problem. They didn't want ivermectin to solve the problem. Because if the problem was solved, then they wouldn't be able to make money putting out the fire. It's like it's like the fire chief starting the fire and then having all that new work to do to put the fire out. Well, in this case, it's create the crisis. It's exactly like Bill Gates's operating system. Where do you think he got his ideas from? You you start a virus, then you invest in antivirus programs to put the viruses out. You open up loopholes and worm exploitations and zombies that can and malware that can infect and plague your computer. How about ransomware? Maybe there's some action there. So what you what you have is you have people creating the fires, then getting paid to put the fires out. I think that business is is called fraud. And I think it's about as old as the hills. It's not a new concept. But they certainly did that with COVID. And the Democrats wanted to basically continue their interest of rigging elections with this H1, HR1 to Senate 1. And the Senate didn't have the votes to pull it off. So that's good. But Manchin didn't honor his promise with respect to Manchin did not honor his pro- promise with respect to uh, saying he wouldn't vote unless it was bipartisan. It was partisan as hell. And so you have that. But where Manchin did come in handy is he protected the he protected the filibuster. 
and that could have been used if necessary. And cinema also protected the filibuster from Arizona. Senators from West Virginia, senator from Arizona. Why do you think they did that? <clears throat> because they're up for re-election in 2022 in red states that Trump won handily. Now, you could argue Arizona because it's being litigated in the audit. But West Virginia, Trump was up forty, over 40 points over anybody that ran against him in West Virginia. You know why? Because Trump digs coal. You ever see him with that helmet? Trump digs coal. Well, guess what? Western PA also digs coal. And I guarantee you that when Pennsylvania has its audit, they're going to find the same thing they're going to find in Arizona. Bunch of BS. It's going to maybe change the outcome of the election. We just heard Donald Trump talking yesterday about this being unprecedented times. You have Sidney Powell on one, uh, one section, one, one side saying Trump, actually, if, he, if they do show that he could flip enough states to win through litigation and forensic audits, uh, that he could be back by August. I, frankly, am not in that camp. I'm not in the August camp. Uh, but I am in the camp that says if they do the audits, which I hope that they do because, you know, transparency is very good, right? We need to question whether or not we can continue to use these machines or not. And frankly, I'm hoping that we don't. And if we don't use the machines and we can ban them universally as being fraudulent or open to fraud, then we could maybe take back California at least pick up 10 House seats in California for 2022. We could actually get the rhinos out of office who are probably in on the game. And we can take out many Democrats in close elections throughout the country and literally flip the Senate and the House up on its head and take back the White House in 2024. That's really where the meat of it all is. Whether we get Trump back for, you know, I heard somebody tell me this, and I think it was it was Pat Kinnean who has the Beer, Chips, and Politics show at 5 p.m. Uh, on Red State. You know, he told me a president's limit is 10 years. So <laughs> think about that for a second. I thought it was just two terms. And he said, no, no, it's a, amendment, a certain amendment. And uh, he said, 10 years. So I thought that was interesting. 10 years. So what if it is that around 2022, Trump becomes president again? He gets to actually run for re-election. And he gets three terms, two and a half. That's 10 years. That's a little interesting factoid that I, I didn't even know about. And I was told that by, you know, a friend. But uh, interestingly enough, you know, I have to do some research and make sure that's right. I'm sure it's right because of um, the source. But in any case, so we dodged a bullet with that. But the filibuster is the key. If you have the filibuster in this landscape, 
You're never going to get 60 votes to pack the Senate. You're never going to get 60 votes to make D.C. a state, Puerto Rico a state, or the uh, Samoa Republic or whatever it is, uh, that that um, land mass a state. And then the other one is packing the Supreme Court. Now, I'd like to say that the Supreme Court leans right, but, you know, even Trump said in the interview that we aired yesterday uh, that uh, these these new Trump hires, these new Trump appointments were very disappointing. Amy Coney Barrett and Gorsuch have proven to be disappointments already. And what we've seen with Republican appointments is they generally start to converge left. For what reason, I don't know. But Chief Justice Roberts certainly has. And, you know, I mean, the the liberals tend to stay in their places. Sotomayor, Kagan, Breyer, all radically left on the bench right now. And... We, you know, you have Chief Justice Roberts. Now, the one that's remained a stalwart and true to his conscience and true to his, he's very much like Scalia, my favorite justice of all time. But my favorite justice on the bench and my second favorite justice of all time is Clarence Thomas. And, and then Alito is pretty consistent although not as reliable as Thomas on certain issues. But you have, you know, these uh, these six conservative justices, if you count Roberts, Alito, Thomas, Gorsuch, uh, Amy Coney Barrett, and uh, Kavanaugh. And uh, so you have all of those. So there's a a protection in place to protect our Constitution. They look look at the Constitution more as a a dead document and originalists. What would the Founding Fathers have done? And that's good protection because I don't want to change the map or the rules halfway through the game. Because we've already set in play, and that's what they did with the election, by the way. The 2020 election, they changed the rules midway through the game, and they exploited the hell out of COVID to do it. Now they're exploiting COVID, not just for election rigging, but they're exploiting COVID for vaccines. And it's kind of interesting because as they go away and try to chip away at our constitutional rights, whether it's the Second Amendment that's going to be attacked today by Biden's speech to crack down on on violence, uh, street violence and crime. <laughs> I mean, it's so obvious, right? It is very obvious that if you defund the police and call them racists, and make them re- want to retire early and make it difficult for them, to, for people to um, <clears throat> want to be a police officer because they get spit on, like like the, the troops that came home uh, from Vietnam were spit on by, who were they again? 
who were spitting on the who was spitting on the military that was coming home from being shot at all day long in Vietnam. Who was that? Oh, the liberal peace peace people, the so-called college-aged, privileged white silver white privileged silver spooned hippies. They were spoiled rotten to the core. They're not much different than the Antifa losers, soy boys, and all of these different people. Um, who <laughs> I just <laughs> I just received a notice uh, on my uh, phone of some personal family. Uh, issue uh, a thing that happened i think somebody i think somebody may have had a baby but uh, uh that uh, distracted me a little bit but yeah so you know it's always the liberals it's always the liberals that uh attack the police so we're going to be we're going to be asked to take our guns away today we're going to be maybe coerced and forced because the person's going to speak today wanted beto o'rourke to be his gun czar. Don't ever forget that. Beto O'Rourke to be the gun czar. And Beto O'Rourke said, yeah, if we have to come into, uh, if we have to come into your home and take your guns, we will. If we have to throw you in jail, if you're not cooperating with our guidance, just like they threw people in jail over COVID because they weren't adhering to the emergency order and guidance. It's going to be yet another, another, another one. Kamala Harris is out there right now uh, basically saying, uh, telling her activists to knock on doors and harass people who haven't been vaccinated in a desperate push to meet 4th of July goals of 70%. What have I been talking about for the last several months? The Democrats' goal of 70% vaccination is all about power. It's all about getting corporate endorsement. It's all about the corporate fiduciary duty to their shareholders. It's all about profits. It's all about muscle. It's all about wokeness. It's all about globalism. It's all about multinational corporations benefiting from slave labor markets. You know, it's Prime Day. Yes, Monday and Tuesday were Prime Day. And Monday and Tuesday were great days for Amazon, perhaps. But I noticed that the products I buy from Amazon are always made in China. And I wonder by who. And I know the answer is going to be 12-year-olds working 18-hour days in slave labor camps in China. And for a moment, I feel bad about it. And then the next moment, I'm like, oh, these things work pretty good. Um, You know, whether they're rechargeable batteries or whatever it is that's being made in China everywhere. And I think, though, you know, I'm a hypocrite right now because I speak up against this stuff. But frankly, we're not organized enough for me to even know where the alternative is. I have, during the prime days, did look for some things that said made in the USA. And I did opt, uh, lean toward that, and I bought those things. 
But the main thing is, is that um, these corporations that are going to be cracking down on vaccine passports or these radical socialist left wingers, whether it's the Foo Fighters that say you can't come to a concert unless you're vaccinated and show us a passport. It's that kind of spinelessness and lack of foresight and lack of respect for our founding fathers and what they had in mind. We should not be sheep and we should not be bowing down to the powers that be. Every day we're going to be under attack. Every single day. And we're going to have to weather these storms and we're going to have to fight back. And I like the fight that's going on at the local level with the school districts fighting back against critical race theory, which is basically part of the blueprint of Marxism, indoctrinating the children and hating their country. You know, I was um, thinking also, I was walking here in Arlington and looking at all these rainbow flags everywhere. I have no problem with the rain. I have no problem. You know, look, if you choose to be homosexual, that's fine. That's that's okay with me. And and I know homosexuals, they're very nice people. It's not a problem. But when did it become like that you were born uh born that way? Now a lot of people make that argument. I was born that way. And then that what does that do? That basically that basically says God upstairs didn't know how to create a man or a woman. So what does that do? That that says God's flawed? Somehow that does, doesn't it? When you get into that argument of, I was born this way. I was born sort of like in between. That has nothing to do with Adam and Eve. That has nothing to do with our Constitution and uh, whether it be a man or a man... Uh, the people that could vote are a man and a woman. Transgenders are, are and uh, and people that call themselves by different pronouns are basically knocking themselves out of their right to vote. If you read the Constitution, which says a man and a woman can vote. It doesn't say a man and a woman and a dog can vote. It doesn't say a man and a woman and... Uh, People with a certain sexual persuasion, let's just say polyamory swingers, can vote. You know, because they made that choice to live that lifestyle uh, where there's like three's company all over the place, right? Two girls and a boy, two boys and a girl, whatever. They made that choice to live that lifestyle. But, I don't necessarily know that swingers were born to be swingers. I think that it was a learned behavior. It was a social behavior. Just like I think that a lot of the homosexuals, according to Ben Carson, a neurologist and doctor, said he thinks it's more of a learned behavior because too many people are going into jail and coming out a different persuasion. Uh, That's what he said. Those were his words. He's not a dumb guy, Ben Carson. And I've always thought, now I lived in a gay community in New York City. And 
you know, the person uh, that was in my life at the time, um, the woman uh, that I was connected with uh, at the time ran a gay restaurant. You know, she managed a gay restaurant. The point is, I have no phobias whatsoever about the subject. But, you know, I come at this not from an anti-whatever, but what I'm trying to suggest is that there uh, is, it's not settled science. So why is it that a sexual persuasion, in my, my book, why is it that a per- sexual persuasion gets a whole month given to them? And why is that group liberal? They tend to vote liberal, despite the fact that Donald Trump was the leader of equality. When it came to homosexuality, he was a world leader. He took the world stage and denounced Arab countries that were pushing homosexuals off the top of buildings for their sexual choices, right? And and, and so Donald Trump was actually one of the great pioneers, great leaders for that. And he's done he done he's done some other things too. I think his his policies on homosexuality were great for and not only that, but it was great for business, great for jobs. So, you know, but a lot of uh, gay people don't like Donald Trump. I don't know why. Just like black people don't like Donald Trump. But you ever notice that all the gay all the black people that don't like Donald Trump are are um they're liberal. I don't think it's so much about sexual orientation or skin color as I do think it's about political ideology. And that's where we need to focus. The root of the problem in terms of our division is about whether we want to be a socialized nation or not. I think that the Republicans are willing to compromise and give so long as the the giving doesn't open doors to socialism. And that's what the Democrats seem to have been trying to do for the last 40 years. And for the the first 15 of those 40 years, I I don't think the Republicans knew the the, the dirty trick that that was going to be coming down the pike. They sort of in blind faith and good faith, ah, they mean well. They love America. Now, if you if you are advancing Marxism, you don't you do not love America, and we should have known that when in two thousand eight, Barack Hussein said, "We are just five days away from fundamentally transforming the United States of America." What was that about? And so when he said that, I used to tell the story on the radio. And I'd say, imagine you're five days away from getting married to your wife or your husband. And you say to a bunch of friends at your uh, bachelorette party or bachelor party, I'm just five days away from fundamentally transforming my new spouse. I'd say, whoa, whoa. Why are you getting married then? <laughs> Why do you want to change it? Right? Why do you want to change that? It's perfect the way it is. And America's rich too, right? I mean, America is the number one 
economic superpower was until China. Um, at the time, for sure, until Barack Hussein got his hands, a dirty little crummy hands on it and ruined it. And I knew this was going to be trouble. But yeah, it was the rich one too. It's like, so you get the uh, the poor spouse wanting to change the rich spouse and make sure he's in the will or she's in the will, right? I mean, so it's, it's Barack Hussein, some street thug that smokes marijuana all over the place as a community organizer leader uh, idolizing Saul Alinsky who advocates tearing down a system to reinvent it in your own liking. Socialist Marxism, and Hillary Clinton, too, was a Solinsky disciple based out of Chicago and elsewhere. And they basically had advocated for this whole thing about fundamentally transforming. Just five days away from fundamentally, that's, that tells me that you hate what you're about to get into, but you want to change it. But you just want their power and their money. Because their power and their money, you can then steal it from middle class working taxpayer dollars and give it to voter blocks to ensure exactly what Lyndon B. Johnson said. In 1967, Lyndon Johnson said what? He said, when he signed off on civil rights legislation, we are going to own those N-words for the next 200 years. Now, that's well documented that he said it. He basically used civil rights legislation to control a voter block. They literally stole it from the Republicans, who were the rightful uh, winners of black people's support. And the reason why is because the party itself was started to abolish slavery in 1854. And it was launched at the music music hall, music fund hall in Philadelphia on 8th and Locust. And in front of that building stands a plaque that says the Republican Party was started for the sole reason of abolishing slavery in 1854. In 1856, they lost their first election to Buchanan. In 1860, they won their first presidency as a party with Abraham Lincoln. And Jefferson Davis, a Democrat, decided he wanted to fight tooth and nail and secede from the Union. And that was the first Democrat. Then after the Union won... Abraham Lincoln writes the Emancipation Proclamation. They signed off on the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments that made black people not three-fifths of a man, but a whole man, gave them the right to vote, and gave them a level of equality they've never had before. And the Democrats voted zero, and the Republicans voted 100%. It was a partisan legislation, partisan vote, dominated by the Republicans to give black people equality. And so, you go all the way up to the 60s and you got the same time that um, the Democrats are trying to 
get on top of this losing proposition for them. You got George Wallace down there in Alabama, a Democrat, standing in the doorway of two black children that want to integrate into a white school. And you got Robert Byrd, a KKK grand wizard or something like that. He was a leadership role in the KKK. Democrat from West Virginia, walking the halls of Congress. So so well-loved by Joe Biden and Hillary Clinton that they gave speeches about him. So it does come full circle and to fruition. You know, the things that have come out of Joe Biden's mouth with regard to not wanting to send his kids into a jungle in schools is so ridiculously atrocious. And I just told you the story about how two days ago I saw Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And what struck me about that was that Spencer Tracy's role in that movie was that he was supposed to be the liberal, open-minded, liberal intellect that was running a newspaper in San Francisco. And he grappled with all of this about his daughter marrying a black person. And and it was Sidney Poitier. I I love the movie, but it did strike me that Hollywood was getting in, working hand-in-glove, colluding with the Democrat Party to try to sell through the mass media and take ownership of the civil rights movement so that they were the woke ones and the Republicans were somehow left holding the bag. And I dare say that the Republicans missed their mark. And I don't think Barry Goldwater was a big help at the time um, with some of the things he said. But I will tell you that uh, the Republicans really missed a mark that actually lasted uh Proved to, to prove to have been last long lasting, and that's a, that's a problem. But I turned on a uh, a series, and sure enough, the leading role is a um, is a uh, homosexual lesbian couple, and then there's uh, another couple in the series. It's interracial couple, and then there's um, two gay guys that are fun and you know coworkers and stuff like that. So you got all these things. It's almost every single time you look at a look at watch a series or watch a movie these days if it's created any time recent, you're always going to have all those check boxes checked. It's a form of indoctrination not far different than from critical race theory and how they're trying to indoctrinate your children. Hollywood and mainstream media news like Don Lemon or Rachel Maddow, who was recently uh, in a court proceeding declared to be untruthful. Um, and nobody, no, she's an entertainer and, and nobody really believes that everything that she says is true. Now that was in a court proceeding. I guess the cover for, uh, it's an article that I might get into today. Um, in any case, uh, it seems to be that all this wokeness is checking all these boxes. But the weird thing about it all is that these things like transgender, like this poor woman that had a record for weightlifting, um, is now her record was broken by a, a, trans, a tranny guy. 
you know, a heavyweight tranny. Basically, he could lift a, you know, a house because he's a solid man, you know, with gonads and all that, right? All of a sudden, he's a girl and he's breaking all kinds of girls' records, knocking women out of sports. So forget about that liberal idea about affirmative uh, quota-based systems in Title IX. You know, Title IX, a lot of good came out of Title IX. A lot of women athletes benefited from Title IX. I, I grant you that. But as a fan of wrestling, I can't tell you the hundreds of, uh, how many hundreds of programs throughout the last 20 years have been cut from college, colleges and universities. Wrestling programs have been cut to make room for quota-based systems because there's a certain amount of women that need to, uh, you can have a disparity of men and women. So like a male football team takes up 60 men on the roster. So now you have to cut some men's sports elsewhere in order to make room for women's rowing and whatever have you. Now the great news is wrestling has adopted women's wrestling and they did that in part as a as an answer to Title IX, so all these sacrifices and changes and 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 uh, progresses that were made by Title IX are shot down overnight in one day, within within days or within weeks or within whatever. But as soon as you allow trans transvestites or transgender. Right? I don't know the difference, really. But transgender, as soon as you allow them into women's sports, you're ruining women's sports. You know, so many people are not getting noticed now at state track meets because they can't make it to state because they, the, these, these other... Now, the, uh, there's not a large number. The good news is there's not a large number. I think that trans communities represent like like 1.7% of the population, not even. I think it's a very small number. Just like black people represent 13% of the overall population. And just like um, homosexual relationships is a small number of the population, smaller than the population of black people. So we're talking about these really small numbers. And every one of these small groups is liberal. But somehow, they get a whole month. You got Juneteenth. You got Black Lives Matter. You got, um, you know, the rainbow flag. I'm Native American Indian. Do I feel left out? Yeah. If you're going to do it that way, yeah. I do feel left out. <laughs> You know, I'd like to I'd like to get me some of that money too. Some of that money laundering money. You know, I go to a library in town and I got Black Lives Matter shoved in my face. And I think, wow, a bunch of retarded uh Marxists running a group gets the big banner up in the library. How do you like those apples? So what do I get for being stupid? You know, being an ignoramus like Black Lives Matter leaders are. Well, not that ignorant, right? Really, when you think about it, because they're buying million-dollar homes with all their money. They don't know what to do with. 
and how to spend it. I mean, the point is, is that these these monthly, you know, right now we're in uh, gay month or uh, the rainbow month, LBGTQ month. Last month it was Black Lives Matter month. Do Indians get a month? I don't know. They someone told me it was November. Although Thanksgiving didn't really go that well for the Pilgrim Indians. It was great for the pilgrims though. And they had a lot to be thankful for. But I'm not even complaining. The point is is that all of these groups are liberal. How much money goes into spending? How much of your tax dollars go into spending all these rainbow flags everywhere? For a sexual choice. Are they going to put up swingers flags everywhere too? And are they going to put up polyamory flags? And are they going to put up dog catcher flags too? They're, everybody's just as important as everybody. As soon as you start to pick winners and losers in government using taxpayer dollars, that's when you have a problem. And that is my point. My point is I don't really have grievance. I don't care. I don't have that many grievances about all this stuff. I don't. I certainly don't have a grievance that the Native American Indians are left out, except for the fact that you know when your kids, and you're like you got five candies. There's six kids, and you got five candy bars, and you go one for you, one for you, one for you, one for you, one for you. Oh wait, we're short one. You don't get one, Sonny. You don't get the candy. Now, everybody was just fine without the candy. But when you give five of the six candy and the sixth person, the sixth little kid, doesn't get his candy bar, kind of ruins his day, doesn't it? His day was just fine until that happened, right? Isn't that kind of simple math? Well, that's exactly what the government is doing right now. They're doing it with his, uh, illegal migrants who are getting more government handouts than Americans. I mean, if they pull uh, an illegal migrant over, well, I'm not allowed to ask for your license because you don't have one, and I might find out that you're illegal. I might not even be allowed to pull you over if I suspect that you're an illegal migrant. I'm certainly going to be giving you some free housing and free transportation to a state of your choice and all kinds of stuff. Where's your folks live? Uh, they don't even have any folks, but they're going to say, um, I was told to say Akron because there's a battleground district there that we want to win in 2022. Of course, they're going to convert these livestock into uh, basically IDs. Basically, you know, a farmer takes his livestock, puts a little stamp on the cow's ear and gives him a number. And if he's a really charming farmer, he gives him a name too. He remembers that name. When I grew up uh, farming um, on my neighbor's farm, every single Holstein cow in that dairy farm had a, had a name. And the farm, the farm guy knew every name. All the cows looked very much alike, yet he knew every single cow by name, and he was right. I got to do it, too. I got to know it, too. I was, but it was interesting. Anyway, the point uh, about all this is, is that the government is, is picking winners and losers, and they're doing it with um, our health. They're doing it with 
we you know we we decided health uh, hydroxychloroquine's not working, or ivermectin is dangerous, when in fact they've been taken for sixty years. The only problem with ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine is they're out of patent. So that means any manufacturer in India or elsewhere can produce a billion, a, a billion, literally a billion of these pills that would save every single person's life. Do you think, you know, how much do they really care? If for a drug that people have been taking for so many years, all of a sudden gets banned because we're worried about your safety. No, they were worried that an out-of-patent drug like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine would be treating COVID to where it would be so effective that COVID, which has a death rate of like 0.1%, somehow we wouldn't get to mandate these vaccines to make our allies and big, huge funders rich, like Bill Gates, who we have on tape saying, I, can, I get 20% return on investment. If I invest $10 billion, I make $200 billion. He said that on CNBC, on tape. He also said on tape, in a TED speech, that he could control populations with vaccines, abortions, and death panels. But instead of death panels, he said healthcare. Instead of abortions, he said reproductive services. And, in, and then he did use the word vaccines to reduce population from an estimated 9 billion projection down to 6.5 billion. But the way we get there is through vaccines, death panels, and abortions. He said that on tape, on a TED speech. And now Bill Gates is the largest farmland owner in America, pushing 100% consumption of 100% synthetic beef. And I just saw an interview, I, I saw an interview with an Asian guy, can't remember his name and I'm not going to pull it up. I think one day, I think tomorrow I might play this clip. And what it is, is this guy basically says, he basically says that you can inject, you can inject, a, a, you can take an injection that can make you allergic to beef or any other food for that matter, which is really ridiculous when you think about it. In fact, I am going to play that clip because it, it's, it's actually relatively short and we have enough time. Let's take a listen to how scary this is. So I'll give two examples. So one is that uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption of meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's a thought. Right? So it turns out that we know a lot about, so there, we have these intolerance to, uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance. Um, uh, and there's, some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat. 
to certain kinds of bovine, uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of uh, ad possibly address really big world problems through human engineering. So what's in your vaccine? <laughs> right? Think about it. This guy is saying we can human. <laughs> they're you know China. China is engineering their military, aren't they? They're they're making their military soldiers stronger, more durable, less likely to you know maybe they could breathe in tear gas. You know, get rid of your tear ducts, whatever. This is a scary place, folks. We should not be here. We should not be doing this. And uh, you know. We really need to uh, wake up and realize that we should be putting vaccines into our arms that are still experimental. CDC is coming out with a study today or a report. They're going to make an announcement about the youth in our country. They're now saying if you're under 18, you probably shouldn't take this vaccine. Not yet because of the enlargement of the heart and stuff like that. And... Uh, but, you know, they're basically, you got Kamala Harris mandating that you, you know, take the, the vaccine. She's saying, we'll harass you if you don't. And that's that's a little scary, too, right, when you think about it. Um, and it worries me that we live in a country that's being run by a bunch of people uh, that want to mandate things that are not constitutional. And they're doing it in the name of science. And you got a guy like Dr. Fauci that's dictating the terms for all of this science. And it's just not right. Um, there were so many other things we wanted to get into today. But Kamala, the, the top story here too, Kamala, Kamala Harris tells activists to knock on doors and harass people who haven't been vaccinated. There's an audio to that I was going to play, but we, we ran out of time. We don't have time to play that. But in any case, tomorrow's another day. Uh, we're going to be getting into this even a little bit deeper and some other topics as well tomorrow on the Scott Adams Show. I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. And uh, be sure to check out buglecall.org and magapack.org. Our new billboards are going up uh, today, as a matter of fact, in New York City Times Square uh, to promote America First Policies to Make America Great Again. That's what we're doing. And your donations would come in handy. So buglecall.org, magapack.org. Please take a visit and see what we're doing over there. And check out scottadamshow.com for the latest podcast of The Scott Adams Show. And with that, I'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. From the suits in D.C., but close enough now to see this mess. Where I stand, the mound's getting steeper They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper Just to bury my kids right up to there